At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R, or all of us here on the network at VSIN Live. Anything to talk about tonight? I guess, uh, well, Adam Hadwin leads the U.S. Open. That's certainly a good uh, topic of conversation. Uh, we got a great baseball play for tomorrow lined up because uh, our favorite pitcher to fade is back from the minors. So that's going to be exciting. I guess that's really it. It's all that's going on right now. I don't see. All right. Golden State Warriors, congratulations. It seemed inevitable at times. They are your NBA champions for the fourth time in the last eight seasons. Steph Curry finally gets his finals MVP. He finishes with another stellar performance, 34 points for Steph. He was 6 of 11 from three-point range, clearly erasing the sour taste of the 0 for 9 that we saw in the last game. Uh, so he wins as the overwhelming favorite to win finals MVP. And what an ugly, embarrassing performance from the Boston Celtics with their season on the line. And yes, there were flashes. There were moments. They tried to fight back in that third quarter, went on a little bit of a run, but they were never in this game. They were up 14 to 2. Is that what it was? At the start of the game, they were up 14-2 to with eight minutes left to go in the first quarter. And at that point, I thought this game is going to play out exactly how I thought. Celtics and the over. And the Celtics were going to race out to a big performance. And then they just let the Warriors right back in the game. And the turnovers, my goodness, the turnovers... Marcus Smart is the most infuriating player to watch. And what you realize watching these games and watching the Celtics turn the ball over 22 times. And yes, we kept talking about the magic number of 16 and how bad the Celtics were when turning the ball over 16 times. They turned it over 22 times. 
what is extremely noticeable is their lack of a distributor, their lack of a true point guard. They need somebody to engineer their offense because when it's Jason Tatum and the, and the, the defense keys in on other guys, it just doesn't work. When it's Marcus Smart, he turns the basketball over. When it's Jalen Brown, all right, maybe you get some shots off. Tatum was clearly not himself. I'm curious if we find out tomorrow or the next day if Tatum's hurt and he's having some sort of procedure. I don't know. But he looked terrible. And he tried. But 6 of 18 from the field, 13 points with your season on the line. Jalen Brown was the best player for the Celtics. He had 34 points. And at times you thought maybe when they cut it to nine, they cut it to eight, that they had a chance. But then the Warriors just made a play. And I'm curious what this Celtics team is going to look like next season because as presently constituted, all my good feelings about the Celtics going into this series and even going into this game, really almost all of them faded. And I don't feel the same way about this team that I did. And excuse me, maybe it's health, right? Although Robert Williams, 33 minutes, 10 points, seven rebounds, five blocks, he contributed. He did all that he could do, but when they got into foul trouble early, when Tatum picked up fouls, when Marcus Smart picked up fouls, and they had to go to the bench, Derek White, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard just couldn't do anything. The bench unit for the Celtics, a combined, let's see, Pritchard, a minus 20, White, Minus 26. And Grant Williams, minus 18. When those guys were on the floor, they were not competitive. That's it. Non-competitive when they were on the floor. Conversely, the Warriors bench of Gary Payton and Jordan Poole, plus 18 and plus 11. You can look at these teams, and yes, Steph had a great series. Draymond Green, by far his best game of the series. Clay, not so much. Game six, Clay. Yeah, five of 20. Game six, Clay. Please, I, I, there were so many people on gambling Twitter talking about taking Clay's over on his point props because of the whole game six, Clay. Yeah, come on. They're watching these series. Game six, Clay is great when it's like Clay Thompson pre missing two seasons, but uh, post missing two seasons, not quite the same. So Curry was great. Wiggins, incredible contributions. Draymond Green had his best game of the series, but really it was the depth, it was the bench that was able to contribute big time minutes and completely outplay the Boston Celtics. So what do the Celtics have to do going into next season? I think they need depth 
for sure. They need more bench players. They can't just have a seven-man rotation, especially when the seven-man rotation is not uh, working for them. They need to get a ball handler, a creator, somebody that is not going to turn the basketball over when they dribble into a crowd. Because that's what happens when Marcus Smart goes and dribbles into a crowd. He turns the basketball over. When Jalen Brown dribbles into a crowd, sometimes he's out of control. The Celtics need to bring in somebody that can distribute the basketball. And I don't know where they find it. I don't know if it's in the draft. I don't know if it's via trade. But they need to bring in a true point guard. We just showed you the odds for the NBA title for next season. The Celtics right now are co-favorites to win the title next year. It's the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics, the Golden State Warriors, and the Clippers, who are all plus 600 to be the NBA title, NBA champs next season. Think about that. The next tier, the Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns, Miami Heat, Memphis Grizzlies, Philadelphia 76ers, and Denver Nuggets. That is your tiers, your two top tiers to win the title next year. Now, for Denver, um, I don't, I don't know if I would include them because I just think that, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm not a believer in them. But maybe getting healthy, having players back that they missed all season this year is going to be good for them, and they're going to be a dangerous team going into next season. I don't know what to expect from the Brooklyn Nets. Will we see Ben Simmons play? I don't know. But certainly, uh, starting fresh for them, without the whole Kyrie drama, all that stuff that happened this season, that's got to be good for them. The Clippers, we expect them to be back and healthy, and we'll see Kawhi and Paul George for a whole season, hopefully, and that's going to be fun to watch. So there's a lot of intrigue going into next season. But as far as the Boston Celtics are concerned, can they get back to this point? They're definitely a playoff team where they are right now. But unless they get better, unless they get deeper, unless they get a point guard to run this offense, to engineer something, to not turn the basketball over, I just don't know how uh, likely it is that they're going to get back to the NBA Finals, and I don't know about placing them as the co-favorites to win the NBA title next season. I don't think that this team is, not, they're not going to fade. Like I said, they're still going to be a playoff team. They're still going to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. But they need to get better. So, maybe they missed their chance. Maybe the window closes. 
I still think they're going to be good, but not championship good, unless, of course, we see what happens this offseason. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll react to the NBA Finals. James Alberino, who you follow on Twitter, at Spread Investor, was on the Golden State Warriors tonight. He'll talk to us about his thoughts about both of these teams, what we witnessed in these NBA Finals, and what we can expect from both of these teams moving forward into next season. This is The Look Ahead, right here on VSIN. It's the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of the look ahead is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sandberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now to react to the NBA Finals is our good friend James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. And James, what was it about the Warriors tonight that you witnessed them come back from 14-2 down early to really flip this game on its head? It was a lot of their defense. It was mostly the same thing that, that got them ahead in this series in Game 5 and and what tied the series in Game 4, they got a lot of stops. And Boston came out swinging 12-point lead really early. And then the Warriors just kept making it tough for Boston to drive. And and then somebody as low-key as Gary Payton who came into the game. The second he came into the game, the Warriors just kept getting more deflections, steals, transition opportunities. I thought Draymond played one of, if not his best game of the series tonight. And um, it, it it was a matter of really will and kind of 
the Celtics running out of gas, the more the, the Warriors revved up their, their intensity. And what about the Celtics? You know, uh, Jason Tatum looked terrible. Jalen Brown had a great game, but uh, they really did not get any contributions from anybody else. Marcus Smart's a turnover machine, 22 turnovers for this team. Uh, just not the effort I expected in a closeout game. Yeah, you got to wonder just how mentally tired some of these guys were. Like, it was... Yeah, you know, the narrative coming into this game was, well, the, the Celtics came back from down 3-2 to the Bucks, and they, they won in Game 7 versus the Heat. Yeah, did, did those series exhaust them, though? Did, did they have, how much mentally did they have left in the tank? Game 5 was completely... Warriors' energy level was completely different. The same for tonight. So after all those series, after having to muster up the energy and, and the focus and all that, to win the prior two series, it's kind of like they hit a wall and, and they met their match. What is it about this Celtics team, or what are you, what's your overall assessment on them now that this series is over and looking at them going into next season? Well, the offense should be a lot sharper next year. I don't, I don't see this team next year in the playoffs being as careless with the ball as they were this year. And it's funny, you look back at the season, which seems like it was so long ago, but we were betting on them in October and November when their MO was to play really well for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter the offense would stall, they'd play isolation, and they would blow leads. They blew a 18-point lead in the fourth quarter in one game early in the season to the Bulls, they lost the game. They didn't have a defensive rebound in the fourth quarter. It was the most ridiculous thing in the world. So they got over that, and they, they played more efficient, but were still sloppy at points. I think now with a full offseason, you'll see them really take that next step and not make some really amateurish turnovers. Well, I think they need a point guard. Because they don't have anybody to really start this offense. And I don't think they can rely on Tatum or Brown to do it. They need a facilitator here that's not Marcus Smart. See, that's what the, that's what the funny thing is. Like, I, I read that a lot on Twitter tonight, and it's like, five days ago, nobody said that, though. It's like, five days ago, they didn't have a point guard problem. Five days ago, the Celtics were going to win this series. I think that's a re- an overreaction. Marcus Smart becoming the point guard and and controlling the offense actually changed this team in January. That was the entire thing with this team was that they they needed someone to, to move the offense. I don't think that's the problem, honestly. I think the problem is that Tatum goes way too much into isolation in big moments. Um, a lot The last two games, just look alone, a lot of times he would drive to the rim and throw up tonight. He threw up a, a shot, a shot where his body was sideways to the basket. It was in the first half. It was a terrible shot. And, um, you know, could they use a look? What a, what a really good point guard help them. And, and could, yes, I just think that they have a lot of other problems and I don't, I don't know how that narrative caught on so quickly in just a couple days. Well, I think it's because Tatum looked terrible. And if he's not playing at an elite level that masks some of the issues, I think everything kind of shows. And when Marcus Smart's turning the basketball over as much as he's turning it over, 
then, yeah, the, the, the warts show here in the loss. I thought they really got exposed here in these last two games, and they did not look like the team that started the series. But maybe that's because the Warriors didn't look like the team that started the series either. There's a little, yeah, a little bit of truth to both. Like the Warriors, game three, the Warriors looked like this was the Celtics series, and the Warriors going to have to play on another level. And that's what they did. I, Warrior, the Warriors mentally took themselves to another level and just brought out a better version of themselves within the last three games. Um, that's, I, I really think the experience and and the endurance that they had to to stay and not only stay with the same energy but rev it up. There was one team declined in terms of their energy and mental strength in the series, and the other team revved it up. What's amazing is that the last three wins were almost identical. I mean, 107-97, 104-94, and 103-90. I mean, these were like the exact same outcomes that we saw in these games. It's crazy that, you know, the Warriors pretty much did what their average was, and the Celtics just clearly played below their average offensively. So uh, it goes to show you just how consistent the Golden State Warriors are. And this was also a textbook NBA Finals under series where the last couple you had a, a very comfortable cushion. I mean, the Celtics had 39 points in the first half. This was, if you love betting team total unders or player prop unders, this was a series for you. Uh, which team would you bet on to go further next year, Warriors or Celtics? Uh, to. Because you have to also factor in the landscape of each conference and the teams that they're going to be playing against. So would it be the Celtics in the East going up against the likes of the Nets, maybe the Bucks and the Heat, uh, the Warriors, who will have to deal with the Clippers, they'll have to deal with the Suns, um, you know, so and, and a lot of possible uncertainty with the, with the with the roster makeup. It, yeah, it's so it's funny because a couple of years ago you would say that going through the West is so much harder than the East. I, I don't know if you could say that anymore. Um, the East, both, both sides are going to be really good, and the Clippers are going to get a lot better with Kawhi get, coming back. Uh, there's still a lot. That, that's hard to answer without really seeing how free agency shakes up. Like, I think the difference in this team will be the two to three role players that they add, um, maybe, a, a you know, yeah, it, it's it. There's going to be minor tweaks to this roster, and um, it's, it's I, I can't even say definitively. It's it's going to be interesting next year for sure. All right, I know it's tough to compare different eras and things like that, but in our lifetime, we've seen a couple of dynastic runs. Obviously, with the Bulls of the '90s, you had the Lakers of you know the early 2000s, uh, and, and this Warriors team, four championships in eight years. Uh, where does this rank to you? Where do you, where do you put this team? Where do you put this run in your mind when you look back on just your life watching the NBA? They've been dominant for sure. They've been fun to watch. Um, it, you can't put them ahead of the Bulls in the '90s. Um, first off, they don't they don't have as many titles as them, and and also the the Warriors in 2015 had a much lighter path than uh than the bulls did a lot of years uh then you had kevin durant the year later and 
and that made their team almost stacked to another level that the NBA has never seen. Um, I wouldn't top them over the, the Lakers and, and Co- with Shaq and Kobe either because what they had to go through with the West and and that era was really tough. I would probably put them somewhere right after, I would say, Bulls of the 90s, Lakers, Spurs of the 90s. And probably the Warriors are somewhere in between where the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe were and where the Spurs were with Duncan and Popovich and Tony Parker. Well, James, we appreciate the time all NBA season long. Great work here in these NBA finals, and we'll catch up with you soon. Enjoy a couple of days off. You deserve it. Yeah, thanks. This was fun this season, and uh, I'll have some NBA Summer League in a couple weeks as well. Awesome. Can't wait. Thanks, bud. He's James Avarino. Hit him up on Twitter, at Spread Investor. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network. in the Sports Betting Network. The MLB season is in full swing and you can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday Leadoff Challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to $10,000 in prizes. Visit DraftKings.com Peacock for more info. Don't just watch your shows, Peacock them. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. So congratulations once again to the Golden State Warriors winning the NBA title, beating the Celtics 103-90. And once again, the spread does not matter. Doesn't come in with a game that is lined up at six or fewer in the NBA Finals, going back to, what is it now, 2010? I think it's, uh, what is it, 70 now? 0-1? Something like that? Or 73-0-2? That's what it is. When the line is six or less in the NBA Finals, the team that wins the game has covered 73-0-2 ATS, going back all the way till... uh, I guess 2012, maybe. It is just absurd. And the under does come in, so I was completely wrong about that. But then again, I did not expect Jason Tatum to absolutely disappear. See, the Warriors did what I felt the Warriors would do. 19 of 46 from three-point range. uh, 11 of 28 for the Celtics. Got off to that great start, as we talked about. The 14-2 lead, but then just uh, completely crumbled, uh, scoring just 39 points in the first half. Warriors defensively with just an incredible job and deserving champions. So now the focus of the NBA season and postseason turns to next week. The NBA draft is next week, and it's crazy because – It's usually not this quick, I guess, but uh, the NBA is condensing the schedule and getting back to starting everything on time, and so the NBA draft is here. Next week, we have the draft, and these are your odds. It's next Wednesday to be your number one overall selection. Jabari Smith 
is your favorite right now from Auburn to be the number one overall selection. And, you know, I don't see why he wouldn't be. I mean, Chet Holmgren is really the only other guy that I could see going number one. See, it comes down to, I guess, what Orlando thinks. And do they want Jabari? Do they want maybe a Paolo Boncaro or the big man in Chet Holmgren? So right now, looking at the odds, Jabari Smith, your favorite at minus 145, Chet Holmgren at plus 120, Paolo Boncaro at 18 to 1. Uh, always up there, 20 to 1 now, seen uh, there. So those are the odds. Uh, Jaden Ivey is a long shot. Um, and let me tell you something. I, I was thinking about this. I feel like Jaden Ivey might be the best pro out of this in- entire group. I was just thinking about it. Like, I-, I love his game, and I feel like it translates to the to the NBA very well. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if he winds up being, like, the best pro. Like, I, I-, I would... I would put a flyer in on Jaden Ivey, Rookie of the Year, after he gets drafted. Just my just just my thoughts, real quick. So here's your draft order: Orlando Magic at one, the Oklahoma City Thunder at two, then you got the Rockets at three, followed by Sacramento at four, and then the Pistons at five. Rounding out the top 10, Indiana 6, Portland 7, New Orleans 8, San Antonio 9, and Washington 10th with the New York Knicks picking 11th. Uh, This is um, your favorite. I mentioned Jabari Smith to be the number one overall pick. Chet Holmgren is your favorite to be the number two overall pick. Paolo Boncaro, your favorite to go number three. Jaden Ivey is a heavy favorite to go fourth, and Keegan Murray is your favorite to go fifth. Uh, Keegan Murray from Iowa is your favorite to go fifth overall. Uh, some over-unders, Johnny Davis over-under. It's a good over-under. It's at 10.5, and, and the under is actually juiced. Now, I've seen a couple of different mocks that have Johnny Davis going 11th to the Knicks. So in, in, in if that's the case, then, you know, it, that's a, that will be an over on Johnny Davis. Curious to see where some of these teams go. Curious to see if there's any movement on draft night. Um, next week, we'll do a little bit of uh, draft studying, and we'll talk to some people to see who, in fact, uh, they believe is going to go in the top five and see if there's something that we could pick up on that is a winning proposition, a bettable market here. I mean, I don't know about betting um, Jabari Smith minus 145, minus 150 to go first overall. I think maybe taking a shot at somebody in the two, three, four range uh, could be interesting. Right now, you got, as I mentioned, Jabari Smith, your favorite to go one. Paolo Boncaro is 10 to 1 to go second overall. I don't hate that at all. And I'll tell you what, 
I don't hate like a Jaden Ivy top ten, top five pick. So maybe Jaden Ivy goes, whether it's third to Houston or fourth to uh, Sacramento or even fifth to the Pistons. So that would be something to take a look at. Uh, Jaden Ivy is twenty-four to one to be the third overall pick. Jaden Ivy to be the fourth overall pick is your favorite at minus three hundred, and then plus two forty to be the fifth overall selection. Uh, for Chet Holmgren, plus one twenty to go first overall, minus one forty-five to go second overall, sixteen to one to go third overall. So this is where, like, you have to start looking at the mock drafts. You have to start talking to some of the local beat reporters because if Jabari Smith goes number one and OKC at two does not take Chet Holmgren, there is money to be made. Because there's money to be made on who goes two and there's money to be made on Chet Holmgren falling down. Because then you could look at his draft position whether it's three, four, five, something like that. So really the key is probably Oklahoma City and to find out where they're leaning in this draft. Do they want the rim protection? Do they want the shooter? Because, I mean, seven-footer can do them both. Holmgren was that impressive this year. I worry about his um, his size, his weight, it's what everyone seems to bring up, but kind of reminds me of like a Kevin Garnett type, right? Skinny, tall, long, can shoot. I mean, Garnett was at, was very athletic for as thin as he was. And, of course, the kid's young. He's going to gain weight. He's going to work out with an NBA team. He's going to get bigger and stronger. So I don't know if the, the size, the weight is that big of an issue. I mean, you look at, like, Paolo Boncaro, who weighs about, like, 250 compared to uh, Holmgren, who's 195 and, like, two inches taller. It's kind of, kind of crazy. Um, but just different body types. Absolute different body types. So curious to see where, this, where they go in the draft. Like I said, next week we'll do more on the draft, see if we can come up with uh, some bets. I'd love to put in some flyers on a couple of these longer shots, and maybe it is on a Jaden Ivey to go higher. Maybe it is on, on a Boncaro to go second overall. Or, like I said, maybe Chet Holmgren to drop down past first or second overall. I'm Scott Sadmerg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. A-I-R. The NBA Finals are in the books. The Stanley Cup Final is ongoing. We'll take a look at Game 2 between the Lightning and the Avalanche coming up next. Will it be high scoring like it was in Game 1? Will the Avs jump out to a 2-0 series lead? Or will it be 1-1 with the series shifting to Tampa? Plus a conversation about the Con Smythe winner coming up next. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network.
head on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The Betting Splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting Splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's Betting Splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Game two of the Stanley Cup final will be on Saturday from Colorado, the Avalanche and the Lightning after the Avs took game one of this series. The line for this game, Colorado minus 155, and on the comeback, Lightning plus 135 with a total of six. Last game went over, and I think this one goes under. In looking at that game one, I felt like after the first period, Tampa settled into this game. Colorado came out, and they were incredible. They were fast. They were overpowering uh, and relentless. And whatever John Cooper changed during the first intermission, I thought was just incredible and the adjustments that they made where they clogged up the ice they made it difficult for Colorado to get out in the open and uh Andre Vasilevsky backed them up he let in a couple of goals there in the first period and you questioned his game but then in the second period and the third period he was fantastic winds up making 34 saves and so if you just examined the second period and the third period, these teams are extremely close. And I don't think that even the casual viewer watching exclusively the second period and the third period and overtime, the minute 23 it was, comes away thinking, man, Colorado is that much better than Tampa Bay. I don't think that you that you have those thoughts. In the first period, that's a completely different story. So I think that if Tampa avoids the early rush from Colorado and they play the first period like they played the second and third in game one, 
Not only is this game going under, but I think Tampa's got a great chance to win it. Would it shock me if this is a 2-0 series going to Tampa? No, of course not. Colorado's the favorite for a reason. But I, going into this series, expected it to be 1-1 going to Tampa. That's what I expected. I, I said from the get-go, I like Tampa to win this series, and I thought Tampa would earn a split of the first two games in Colorado. And just looking now at the um, series props for your exact outcomes, for Colorado to win this in five is actually the favorite. Think about that, three to one. At plus 380, Colorado in six, and at plus 450, Colorado in seven. Plus 475 is Colorado to sweep. I don't think they're sweeping. For Tampa to win this series, Tampa in five is 18 to one. I don't think that's happening either. Just can't see Colorado losing four straight. Tampa in six is eight to one. Tampa in seven is 650. Now, I don't hate Tampa in six. That was my prediction going into this series. But in order for that to happen, they have to get the win on Saturday, earn the split. And then I don't think they can afford to split in Tampa. Tampa's got to take both games at home. Then when the series shifts back to Colorado, if they're up three games to one, you get Colorado winning at home, making it 3-2. Go back to Tampa, close out the Stanley Cup in front of your fans and win the series in six. I don't hate that. I think that's a realistic scenario. I also think Colorado in seven is a realistic scenario. I think we're in for a long series. It would, it would be surprising to me if we don't have a game six. It would be incredibly shocking if Tampa wins in five, and I'd be surprised if Colorado wins in five. I know Colorado's great. I really do. I just don't think they win both games in Tampa. Um, and if that's the case... Then they're going to have, yeah, I guess they could win in five if they win this game too and then get a split in Tampa. But I guess it comes down to game two. And I think Tampa wins game two. So I like Tampa and I like the under in game two. I think it's going to be a more so of the type of game we saw in that second and third period. Keep in mind, we had a scoreless third period in that game one, it was tied after two. Nobody scored in the third period. The defense was great. The goaltending was on par. And uh, it's not like there weren't chances. There were chances. Vasilevsky was brilliant. And Tampa made it difficult on Colorado. Colorado outshot them. They out-hustled them all game. There's a reason why they won that game. But don't just discount what the Lightning were able to do. Much like the Golden State Warriors, this is a championship team. They have the experience. They've been here before. And going into the series, I was curious, and I still am, frankly, if Tampa were to, let's say they win game two, and then the series shifts to Tampa and they win game three. I'm curious how Colorado responds because we have not seen this team deal with adversity. 
in these playoffs, they have not dealt with adversity. They rolled through the Predators in the first round. They handled the Blues, you know, after dropping game two. They then win game three and four. So they handle the Blues. And then the sweep of the Oilers, despite lots and lots of goals, no, no real adversity. Meanwhile, Tampa, yeah, they had the sweep of the, 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 the Panthers, but in the first round, that was a battle with Toronto. That was an absolute battle. Then they get the sweep of Florida, where Vasilevsky is just absolutely brilliant. They have a long layoff, and they drop the first two games to the Rangers before responding and winning four straight. And that is a team dealing with adversity. And you love the championship pedigree. That's what I love about this team. That's why I picked them to win this series. They're going to need Vasilevsky to start out the game like he finished the game. Not by giving up the game winner. I'm talking about just how good he was in that second and third periods. If he avoids any early laps like he had, we know they have the goaltending edge. Darcy Kemper played all right, but he didn't face that many shots. He only made 20 saves. And in that second period, those two straight rushes from Tampa were able to get them right back in this game. So if Tampa can put the pressure on him, I'm curious to see how he responds. I think Braden Point will be a little stronger in this game. A couple of days off now after game one, his first game back. A couple of days to rest. He'll, he'll be a little stronger, get involved more in the play. And I think we're in for a great game, too, and a great long series that goes six or seven games. So thinking about a way to play this series, maybe Tampa in six at eight to one. Split your bets, Tampa in six, Tampa in seven. Uh, Tampa to win the series is plus 230. I don't just, that. I mean, just that's straight up, just do that. Or take a shot at the con Smythe. Vasilevsky right now, plus 650. Nikita Kucherov, plus 600. It's going to be one of those two players. That's who's winning the con Smythe if Tampa Bay comes back and wins this series. But that is a big if because Colorado has been the best team all year and they have home ice and they are up 1-0 in this series and they are favored to take a 2-0 series lead. And if Colorado wins, I do think it'll be McCarr over Nathan McKinnon, which is why he is your favorite right now, plus 160 odds. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 